0: This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. In the book Valley Fords, the number one New York Times bestselling authors Bob Drury and Tom Clavin turn conventional thinking on its head. Long viewed as a disaster, the authors make the case that the Continental Army's arduous encampment And Valley Forge was not only the key component that shaped and strengthened a fighting force that went on to defeat the most powerful empire in the world, but also showcased George Washington's masterful skills as both a tactician and politician. Bob Drury, the author, co-author of 13 books, has written for numerous publications, including the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Men's Journal, and GQ. Tom Clavin is the author or co-author of 18 books. For fifteen years, he wrote for the New York Times and has contributed to such magazines as Golf, Men's Journal, Parade, Reader's Digest, and Smithsonian. Makes his home in Sag Harbor. Happy to have Tom Clavin back on this program. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Glad to
0: be back. So, what gave you and Bob the idea to write a book on Valley Forge? Well,
1: I wanted to do a book. We had done a book together called "The Heart of Everything That Is," that mostly takes place in the you know in America in the eighteen fifties and sixties and. It was very successful, and I wanted to go back to that century or even earlier. And we had a couple of the topics we were considering. We had never done something about the Revolutionary War. I really, just looking back on it, think it was uh, happenstance that I was doing a little bit of reading about Valley Forge, and it really startled me how much was actually going on during that winter encampment. When most of us, what we know about Valley Forge, is from our middle school textbooks. It was a few guys freezing in the snow, and that was Valley Forge. Yeah. And it was really a lot more going on, and we do contend in the book that the survival of the army, Continental of the Army at Valley Forge, was the survival of the American Revolution.
0: So, let's look at it here. It's December 1777, about 18 months after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. You got 12,000 members of the Continental Army. They stagger into the small Pennsylvania encampment, about 23 miles northwest of, at the time, British-occupied Philadelphia. Why was this the pivotal moment of the American Revolution?
1: Well, the Continental Army had really taken it on the chin through pretty much all of 1777. They had lost a brandywine at Germantown. Uh, their numbers were depleted. Their supply lines were virtually nonexistent. There was disease. There was, And here they are, the winter's coming on, and they have to go into this encampment. And the British, who were occupying Philadelphia, very comfortable, uh, They their strategy, which was a smart one, was that, you know what? Why don't we just wait till the spring and there won't be any continental army left? They're going to die of disease, of malnutrition, of exposure to the elements. And, uh, and whatever's left, we'll round them up and we'll, especially starting with Washington, we'll execute them. And so that's what they expected to find. But instead, what happened at Valley Forge was an army that, yes, experienced profound misery. Washington himself was at the lowest depth of his life because of the you know, by the dozens every day, soldiers dying around him. And yet, whatever doesn't kill you makes make you stronger. They came out of Valley Forge, actually a stronger army, a well-trained army, thanks to the Baron von Steuben. And they were ready to take the British on at the decisive Battle of Monmouth Courthouse. And if it hadn't been for that battle, the British probably would have prevailed uh, over an a undermanned and outgunned army. And that would have just been the end of the revolution right there.
0: I'm chatting with Tom Clavin here on Speaking of Writers Healing with Bob Drury. wrote the new book, Valley Forge. What did you learn about Washington as you did your research for this book?
1: Well, I was glad to get reacquainted with Washington. I mean, of course, like, like every other school child, uh, Washington had been studied to a point uh, in, in, in elementary school and in middle school. And, uh, and then you sort of move on. And I would say of all the presidents that we've had, uh, the ones that still seem to get most of the attention is Lincoln, maybe Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, you can make the argument for Reagan and a couple of other presidents. And Washington seems to just have receded deeper and deeper into our, our uh, the shrouds of history. And to find out what an amazing, charismatic man of integrity and, uh, passionate man believed deeply in the, in the cause of liberty and, uh, was, was, was a, was a warrior too. I mean, we, Washington during valley Forge, as we show, especially Climactic battles, an action figure. Uh, we forget that, uh, Washington was a, a in the trenches with his troops for eight years of the Revolutionary War, he was he was without his home at Mount Vernon. He was with the troops, and to be reacquainted with that kind of uh, amazing individual was was very uh, enjoyable.
0: Three of his closest confidants: Alexander Hamilton, Marquis de Lafayette, and John Lawrence. Uh, nearly forgotten, John Lawrence. These guys were all in their early twenties at this time. Who was John Lawrence?
1: John Lawrence was twenty-two. He was from South Carolina. Uh, he was one of the three surrogate sons that Washington had. And he, he was very passionate. He was blazing with independence fever. And, uh, he was one of Washington's closest aides. He kept asking for battlefield command. And in fact, whenever he could sneak away and be part of he was wounded in the Battle of Germantown twice. Uh, his idea, he wanted that battlefield glory. He wanted so badly to defeat the British, but he was too important to Washington to, to let him go. And he would have, he is a founding father nobody knows because, he would have become part of Washington's cabinet, like Hamilton did, and Alexander Knox did. I mean, uh, Henry Knox and other uh, people that were close to Washington when he became president. But uh, in one of the final battles of the war, Lawrence got his wish. He's leading a cavalry charge, and he, he was shot out of the saddle and died. So he was an amazing uh, uh, young man, and and uh, uh, unfortunately, his, his early death meant that we never got to learn about him and appreciate him like we did other figures of Hamilton, Marquis de Lafayette, and some others.
0: Nearly 2,000 soldiers die, would die of uh, starvation, disease, and exposure from December to June uh, at, at Valley Ford. So how did he rally these troops?
1: Well, one thing was he, was he was with them every day. I mean, Washington did not phone this in for Mount Vernon or for some other comfortable place. You know, Washington and his staff of 16 or so were squeezed into a three-room house. Uh, they didn't have much to eat. They, did, they, they didn't have new clothes to replace ones that were worn out. Washington was out among his troops every day in all kinds of weather. They could see that he was a leader, that he was not going to lead from, from the back trenches. He was with them all the time. And he, he was a very passionate man, and they could sense that and see that about him, that he wanted them all to survive, because to him the revolution wasn't over. It could have been at any moment if he had given in to despair. But he was always rallying his troops. He was always telling them, we're going to get through this, and we're going to be stronger than ever. And he was turned out to be right.
0: Yeah, and it was in uh, this encampment, too, encampment that he was first referred to as the father of our country. What was the makeup of the force, our forces there?
1: Well, it was, it was quite a, a, a myriad group of, of people. You know, when the, when the First Continental Army got together, it was a lot of white farm boys and store clerks and university students. But by the time of Valley Forge, they had either been killed or to return to their occupations. And uh, what you mostly had, out of the 12,000 troops, 750 of them were African-American soldiers. It would be the last time the United States had a military army in the field that was integrated until Korea. Uh, you had you had men that were born in Germany, in Prussia, in Poland, in France, in Ireland, in Wales. Uh, a lot of immigrants uh, had had joined the Continental Army as a way to prove themselves and to, you know, be, become Americans. And uh, so, so you had a really a, a group of of diverse uh, people, a, a totally integrated army.
0: Chatting with Tom Clavin, he, along with Bob Drury, have written the book Valley Forge. Uh, What was your research like for this book?
1: Well, thankfully, because of the advances in technology, a lot of the papers that we wanted to get to, certainly Washington's correspondence and and, uh, papers and memos and journals from others, have been digitized. So you can go to the Library of Congress and the National Archives in Maryland and other sources, major institutions uh, of historical research, and a lot of this stuff is digitized, so you don't actually have to spend a whole week you know, in the bowels of the Library of Congress. Uh, so that really helps a great deal. Uh, but we also did have to do find and, and actually physically refer to, uh, journals that were kept by people who were in the Army officers. Uh, James McHenry, for one, who later the fort was named after him, and it was a s- the siege of that fort that inspired the Star Spangled Banner. Albigence Waldo, a Connecticut surgeon. Joseph Plum Martin, who was a 17 year old soldier at Valley Forge. You know, these, these uh, materials have not been digitized, so you do have to still, you know, get in the car, drive places, go through dusty files and, and parchment uh, uh, pages to, to glean information if you want some really eyewitness accounts.
0: And Tom, what would you like readers to take away from this book?
1: Well, that Valley Forge was just not guys freezing in the snow and nothing happened for six months. A lot happened in those six months. I mean, just very one quick example, it was the beginning of America's submarine warfare program you probably think I just lost my mind. Yeah. But a man from Connecticut, David Bushnell, and created, invented the submarine and the torpedo that was used for the first time during the Valley Forging encampment to try and sink the Admiral House flagship in Philadelphia Harbor. Uh, that you had amazing characters who intersected here. You had Franklin in Paris, and that was going on, trying to work out an alliance with France. Uh, you had the, the effort to uh, usurp Washington, to fire him as commander-in-chief going on. So I'd like people to realize that Valley Forge may well be the most active and pivotal six-month period of the entire revolution.
0: He's Tom Clavin. He's uh, on tour, uh, book tour this fall, and he, along with Bob Drury, written the book Valley Forge. Tom, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. It's a real privilege to be on your show.